0: Hello Manchester United fans and welcome to this extra episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. I am Sam Hutchison and I am flying solo today. This is where we will listen to Eric Ten Hag's press conference from after the Spurs game as well as his press conference ahead of the Aston Villa game tomorrow. I'll be talking you through what he said as well as giving some reaction to the press conference. Let's get straight into it. Here is Eric Ten Hag.
1: Yes, um, yeah, before I would be happy with the point and but when you see first half, although I don't think we played that brilliant, but we had completely control. Uh, we had the overload in the midfield, we used it very well, uh, especially when we switched from the right to the left, uh, we used that overload, we scored uh, both both goals, but when you are, be honest, just before we make 2-0, they had a big chance to score 1-1 and also before that over our right side, we conceded some counters, uh, and we were not good in positioning and so also, also already before half time we were played not that well but after half time, there was a difference. We lose the control because yeah we were not ball secure, and then you have to go into the fight, and when you yeah, lose your battles, when you don't block the crosses, when you don't squeeze out, when you don't block shots yeah you concede goals, and that's what happened. So then uh, you can be... Uh, finally, you have to be satisfied and take that point. All right, is the second half maybe a culmination of so many domestic
0: cup games and European matches, or is that maybe more of an excuse? You've had a very busy
1: schedule. Oh, we have. Oh, we yeah. have the worst shadow also in, uh, in the Premier League, and that would, uh, will not change. Also not the coming period, so we have to take that but that cannot be an excuse. And the time is enough to recover. So our players are in demand to be ready. And today we were not ready. Uh, some thought uh, 90% is enough, but we lose focus. That's the way why we give balls away. And uh, we didn't our jobs in positioning. And then you concede goals. And that was in both co- uh, goals was the case. And, but more, <laughs> you lose control of the game. Oh yeah, did well, but if you have seen the game, you see also in the period after halftime that we lose the control uh, in the game. And uh, I prepared the subs uh, and already before the 2-1. And you could see that goal coming. And then you bring with Fred, you bring energy, one who can win a ball. <laughs> For instance, on Sunday he was brilliant in that fact. And you bring with uh, Marshall, one uh, who can keep a ball keep a ball up and then uh, can Ressi and Anthony and Bruno make his runs behind. And that was the idea. When, when you were in control, you were passing the ball so quickly,
0: great tempo, and that seemed to disappear mm-hmm. in the second half. Is that tempo essential to, to the way you
1: play well? I think it has to do with, uh, with awareness. And Where's the the three men? And before halftime, we had um, uh, overload in the midfield and we used that very well. And especially the switches from right to left, uh, I think um, Spurs had uh, huge problems with that. And I think also we scored the goals, uh, both uh, from a pass from the right to the left. Um, After halftime, it was different because we couldn't keep the ball. (laughs) And then you lose control. yeah when you give too often the balls away <coughs> then they have more um uh, more part in the game on the ball uh, in possession yeah then they get more tested in that part and um so yeah that was that was definitely the case but uh, it was not great how they um, uh, the support on them and um, then it's got more difficult, but I think all over, I think they did again a good job. Oh, we um, uh, we have to look from game to game, and uh, now we have to focus on on Villa and see what's the best against Villa. Uh, but we don't have so many uh, options in that positions. Uh, already, uh, a left fullback like Luke is doing great now as a left centre back. Last question. Eric,
0: when you talk about players giving 90%, is that in terms of effort,
1: commitment, focus? Because that seems like quite a basic requirement to give 100%. <laughs> yeah, It it has to be. And you have to bring it every time. Although I know uh, they are not robots. And it's a tough schedule. Uh, but it can't be. Uh, uh, we can't accept. And when you are a player for Man United, when you are wearing this shirt, uh, you have to give it uh, on every occasion, in every game. Uh, And as a team, you have to manage the game, get the win, and then is everyone happy and satisfied, and we will uh, forget everything. But the base is always, you give everything, and that has, you have to prepare as a player um, that you are ready for the game, for the battle, for the fight. Yes, he will return tomorrow in the team training, patio. And then we have to see when he can return totally in the team training and then back into games. There's been a suggestion that because of the under twenty one cup he could miss the running in the FA Cup final and the team. Would you allow him to go inside one or would you prevent him from going to that one? No. Nah. No, we don't release him. Richard. Why did you take him off? Uh, He had to uh, uh, score a great goal. I think he had to score another one. Um, uh, But, um, yeah, so we had a quite good performance, but we lose control, and also uh, in the pressing before halftime, I already said about the defense organization of left side uh, wasn't wasn't great. Um, uh, The cooperation wasn't great over that side, and I hoped also to... um, To improve that, Miguel. Eric, this
0: is possibly a a big question after a game, but how many times this season do you think you seen United play a full match as you wanted?
1: We we had some some games, uh, like um, two weeks ago against Forest. I think that was, for instance, um, a quite uh, game that was almost optimum. And you see, it's not so easy to play a forest. You see Liverpool struggling. You see yesterday Brighton struggling there, but that was a very good performance, uh, our sides, and and we had more games. Um, but I have to think, um, you know, which games? But especially um, I think City. Uh, that was yeah, it was a brilliant game, our sides, uh, and, and we had more. I think also Arsenal. Both both games uh, we played. He played very well. Um, and, and we had many games where we were uh, very dominant. Um, so I like to play, for instance, better Sevilla home, uh, Barcelona. So we had our games where we, uh, we played very good football. Eric, uh, you really embraced the
0: domestic cup competitions since you've come to England and winning the League Cup, FA Cup final. Would that be irrelevant to you if you don't make the top four? The top four is the bread and butter, the key for Manchester United for the season?
1: Uh, I think as, as Man United and as a top team, then you have to compete and go for the win in every competition yeah. you are in. So that's what we are doing. And that is the culture um, we want to, cre- uh, to construct. And so that is what we are doing. So that has to be in the mindset of every player and every employee who is working for Manchester United. was tough and big compliment on Bruno he, he absolutely doesn't want to miss this game and he did everything to get fit I think he's the example and uh, that you have to suffer that you have to sacrifice when you want to play on top level when you want to achieve something um, so once again he showed there how great captain he is uh, how we uh, taken responsibility even Uh, He's not 100% fit, uh, but he did the job. He was important in this game as well. And hopefully others in the team uh, can um, uh, not learn, but they see him as an inspiration and do the same. him as a striker long term or, or would you rather he was he was on the left or if he can do both roles well but where do you see him and have you worked on him being a striker this season? Yes of course um we worked on that and um I think he can do both and depends on sometimes, uh sometimes from uh, opposition or which role him the best fits. But what is important for him also is the formation, to bring players around him to, and especially to bring players in the back from him in the formation, in position, uh, where he can um, uh, make combinations, make movements and I think yeah, he's doing that very well. I'm happy and satisfied with his role, but also when he's playing from the left, uh, he has also big impact on our games. Yeah, I think everyone knows <laughs> it's not a secret um, that uh, we, on a long term and that we um, over the whole season, we had a shortage of number nines because first um, we got the dropout of of Ronaldo and then uh, Anthony Martial was often not available, Jaden Sancho was often not available. Yeah, then you have a shortage on frontline players. So. Uh, with less players, we have to cover many games, so yeah, definitely we need in the front line we need, uh, uh, players who strengthen the squad. Is it the hardest position in the transfer market to get a player in that? Is it the But you, know, you can approach that from many ways and yeah, the typical number nine, you can also, uh, as we talked uh, before, uh, Resfold can also play very good as a number 9 <laughs> and uh, anthony marshall uh, uh, he's a great number 9 so we have players uh, who can play in the draw but we need definitely we need some offensive players who are really uh, players impact players uh, quality players uh, yeah, who improve the front line uh,
0: last question scott uh, okay. <laughs> looking at the aston villa game what a job unai emery Done. A very different
1: we're now chasing oh yeah, <laughs> we met them uh, when we are uh, the first time, um, the first game, and he surprised us. Um, and we were on low energy levels, so we have to avoid that on Sunday. But also, he uh, surprised us with the system. But uh, three days after, uh, we learned a lot from from that game, and we bounced back, and we had a good win over them, but Sunday there uh, uh, will be a tough game. I'm totally aware of it. And um, yeah, uh, his team make a good progression, but it's up to us if we are ready for the game, we have the right energy levels, where we are in the right focus um, on Old Trafford, the fence behind, uh, then we have a good chance to win this game because we know that we are very strong. Thank you very much.
0: So, immediately after the Spurs game, he said he would have been happy with the point had you offered him it before the game started. And that's understandable. An away trip to Spurs, and I mean Manchester United's form hasn't been that great away from home this season so far. So, it's understandable his opinion towards the point being a well-earned point And something that he would have been happy to leave the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with before the game. However, given the position that Manchester United were in at half-time, a 2-2 draw really doesn't feel like a fair result and f- fair for what Manchester United put in in that first half. The first half performance was really an example of how Manchester United can attack and how well they can play. That second half performance, it just wasn't there and it wasn't the same. I do believe Ten Hag got it wrong with his substitutes I mean, he mentioned in his press conference that he lost control of the game in the second half. In the first half, he mentioned an overload of midfielders, and second half, he just that wasn't the same, that wasn't apparent as it was in the first half. He did also mention that it was, it's been a tough schedule for Manchester United, but that's not making excuses for his side. It has been a tough schedule, and lots of the injuries Manchester United have suffered this season have been due to that schedule. As for the second section of his press conference ahead of the Aston Villa game, he mentioned Garnacho is returning to training, which is a real po- positive for Manchester United, as well as Bruno Fernandes being the real example that his squad should look to follow going into these final few games of the season. Garnacho returning to training is massive for Manchester United, and he's also signed a new contract keeping him at the club for another five years. And he's also signed a new contract at the club. Both of these are really positive for Eric Ten Hag and for Manchester United. It may well stave off any sort of threat of Real Madrid coming in, which was rumoured, as well as it really proves that Eric Ten Hag's really got Alejandro Garnacho in his plans going into next season and towards the end of this season. He should return before the end of the season, hopefully, fingers crossed, Manchester United fans, but it remains to be seen what role he can play in the squad. And on Bruno Fernandes being the example, Bruno Fernandes was brilliant. He, I mean, it was a doubt whether he'd even make the bench of the game. He's never missed a game through injury in his career, which is massive. I mean, that's huge. That shows his dedication to the cause and to Manchester United. And... I think it's something to be really proud of, the fact that he's so willing to come out and play every game for Manchester United. No matter what his fitness is, he wants to be on the pitch and he wants to be playing as often as possible. He was carrying a niggling injury, so it's a surprise to see him complete 90 minutes, but he was good again. And I thought even with his injury, he's still one of the better players on the Manchester United team and on the pitch against Spurs. And it really is what Eric Ten Hag sort of bringing to Manchester United more than anything, what he's bringing to the club and what he's sort of saying, what he's been saying in his press conferences all season has been backed up by Bruno Fernandez's attitude towards playing for Manchester United. And then for the final section of his press conference, he mentioned Rashford playing as a striker and how he was really proud of that fact. Marcus Rashford, his best position is clearly off the left wing, but... He has actually done a good job at striker when called upon this season. Manchester United have a real lack of number nines who can keep fit and offer a threat. Weghorst has, offers no threat, and Anthony Martial can't stay fit. Obviously, start of the season, Cristiano Ronaldo was there, but he fell out with Eric Ten Hagen. Now he's playing out in Saudi Arabia. So. Marcus Rashford's really had to step up, and Eric Ten Hag's showing that he's proud of the fact that Marcus Rashford's getting on with it and not complaining, even though he's clearly better at the left-wing position. Earlier in the season, he was the example of just how well a player can play when a manager believes in him. And against Spurs, up front, I thought he was much better than he was when he moved into the left wing when Eric Ten Hag made his substitutes. His goal was fantastic and he really has shown his versatility in that Eric Ten Hag system this season. He also mentioned that you need quality players who improve the front line. What does Eric Ten Hag mean by that? He means he's looking at players to bring in this summer who are going to improve his entire attack. Not just his striker position, not just his right wing, not just his left wing. He wants players who can come in and make a complete difference to the way Manchester United build up and create chances and he wants to overhaul the attack to make it more threatening in different areas. It's been rumoured Victor Osimhen and Harry Kane are the two at the top of the list and both of those would be fantastic signings could Manchester United go out and get them but... They're not done deals, they're not settled, and as they said in the Manchester is Red podcast on Friday, Harry Kane may be more difficult to get out of Spurs than first expected due to Daniel Levy's reluctance to sell players to Manchester United. They Both of these strikers would improve the front line tenfold. They're both a guarantee of goals and they're both a guarantee of improving the way Manchester United play in attack. He also mentioned opponents Aston Villa this weekend and how well they've been doing under Unai Emery. In my opinion, Unai Emery's really he's a great manager he always has been. He got a lot of slack at Arsenal and then went back to Spain and he's really developed his game and he's a better manager now than he was when he was at Arsenal. But the job he's done at Aston Villa Is second to none, really. They've been so good since he came in as a replacement for Steven Gerrard. And Eric Ten Hag notices that. Of course, Eric Ten Hag was there for Unai Emery's first game in charge of Aston Villa, where Aston Villa won 3-1 against Manchester United, and it wasn't a good performance on that day. But in the week, just a couple of days later, Man United, at home, beat Aston Villa 4-2 in the EFL Cup, so... It shows that Eric Ten Hag really has got an idea of how to beat this Aston Villa side. But it's going to be a difficult game. Aston Villa are now up into fifth in the table. So this is going to be a much more difficult game than it would have been earlier in the season. And Eric Ten Hag seems to know that. He seems to recognise that this might be a more difficult game than first expected. But he does admire the job that Unai Emery has done at Aston Villa. So Manchester United fans, thank you for listening to this extra episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. I hope you enjoyed. I've been Sam Hutchison. Make sure to check out the Manchester Evening News for all the best Manchester United coverage. And I will speak to you next time.